Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Episode 99 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're almost at the century mark. We've got some special things planned for next week. We don't know what they are yet, but I'm just going to tell you that we've got something special in mind. If you're watching on our live Twitch feed or you're checking us out on YouTube, you can see Stacey King alongside and Tim Kelly. And we'd like to welcome a brand new sponsor to Give Me the Hot Sauce. It's episode 99. Where you been, Jim? Jim Lecter (laughs) of Vigorous Mazda. We're very happy to have him on board. Tell the folks where they can get a, a beautiful new ride in the Mazda family. I'll tell you, we also have Chevrolet and Mitsubishi in the right. group, and we're in Elgin. Okay. And um, this is Bob Cowell, who runs the hey, stores. Bob. And um, we are building a brand new Mazda store on Randall and 90. It's going to be the largest in the state. So right now we're on Irving Park Road, in, uh, right by Shales Parkway, and come by. We have inventory now. That's great, because during the pandemic, it was tough to get cars, wasn't it? Yeah, we, we actually have now more now than we have in the last two years. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Now, how did you ever cross paths with Tim Kelly? Because one of the running jokes on the show is it's like six degrees of separation to Tim Kelly. It seems like he's, <laughs> he knows everybody somehow. How did you guys uh, cross paths? It's community oh. service, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Community <laughs> service. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, we got a, we got a felon in here. <laughs> so Tim's daughter, Kiara, and my son, Grant, are okay. really good friends from school. So we met through our kids. Yeah. And have you had a chance to check out the podcast and all the I chicanery have. that goes on around here? I have. Yeah. We always have a good time. That's the one thing that is important to the show. And uh, yeah. we're glad to have you guys on board. Thanks. And, and thanks for coming on, on the uh, Give Me the Hot Sauce family. So Glad to be here. So make sure you check out for all your auto needs. Go to Biggers Mazda. You got a website that uh, they can go to if they want to check yeah. out the... BiggersMazda.com, BiggersChevy.com, and BiggersMitsu.com. That seems simple enough, right, Stace? Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely have that on, and you know, we'll put that on our little screen right. over there, too, so everybody <laughs> will know where that is. You know, we lose a sponsor every week, so hopefully we won't lose one lose you, because Tim, Tim has a potty mouth, so hopefully we won't lose uh-huh. you. I'll say something dumb. <laughs> hey, for all you rock and roll fans, we've got a special treat coming up later. Charlie Benante, who's the drummer for the group Anthrax, is going to be joining us later. Anthrax. And, and we're going to have an interesting conversation there. This isn't just a basketball podcast, as we get ready for the start of the NBA season which is going to start with media day on Monday. And then the first training camp practice for the Bulls is going to be Tuesday. And Stacey, that must bring back some good memories and some painful memories. Because it used to be you guys were growing two a day, sometimes three a days. They've kind of backed off a little bit on the physical challenges. Yeah, yeah. It's totally different now than, than when I played. Um, you know, I was just over there today at the Advocate Center seeing everybody back. Everybody's back. 
Um, you know, the energy's there. You know, you see a lot of the veterans pulling back in. All summer, most of the guys have been out. Um, as you see the preseason schedule, like, I really like to know who scheduled that Toronto Raptors game. Yeah, that's to a bad idea. To Toronto <laughs> in a preseason game. Somebody, I mean, seriously, it must have been a, a monkey in an astronaut suit or something. Because, like, <laughs> no, I mean, we should never play a preseason game No, it should outside. be close. It should be Milwaukee, yeah. Detroit, Indiana, Minnesota. I mean, that's where it should be. To send us way out to Toronto that early in the season and, oh. Well, remember when, when, well, of course you remember, when MJ was playing, you guys would take the show on the road. You'd play in Peoria and, what, Fargo, North Dakota, Sioux Falls. I mean, you guys were going all over the Midwest because everybody wanted to see MJ and the superstar Bulls. Well, and, and you know, the Bulls recognized that some of those people were not able to see an uh, NBA game, mm -hmm. to see Michael Jordan play so and see that great Bulls team. So we would we'd end up playing in some places that, you know, were not NBA cities, you know, but then we also played in places like Superdomes that were yeah. amazing. Amazing, and the one thing that I remember about those those preseason games is that you know today's stars sit out. You know, they sit out like two or three games. You know, Michael, Scotty, and you know John Paxson, the veteran players, they understood what it meant for the fans to see you know an NBA game and see the stars. So Michael would always play you know two and a half quarters to give the people their money worth, and you know get a couple of dunks, couple of steals, and you know they'd go away saying, "Man, I you know I got a chance to see one of the greatest players play." Now you can imagine if you had paid money to go see Michael Jordan and he didn't show up uh, because yeah. he's, a, he's a, a load management at preseason, <laughs> you would be upset, especially if you drove that far to go see it. So he understood. Uh, his role in the NBA as far as the fans were concerned. And um, that's probably why he's still one of the most popular, you know, players in the game. And he's been out of the game almost 30 years. What was the uh, smallest venue you played in with the Bulls when you're traveling around during preseason? Well, I, I'd probably say it was in Buffalo, um, okay. playing in a little Buffalo arena. Um, you know, it's probably about 12, 13,000 people. That's not too um, bad. No, it's not too bad. I mean, I, mean, I played in bigger venues in college. You know, so, um, but it was real small, but I like those kind of arenas because everybody's yeah. right on the floor. The energy's there. Um, you know, it, it just gets you really pumped up to play uh, because the crowd is so close, you mm -hmm. know, and, you know, again, just being there and, and being with the Bulls was this awesome experience. Well, the Bulls are getting ready. They're going to play a four-game exhibition slate. that used to be eight back in the day, but they've cut oh. that down with the different uh, collective oh. bargaining agreements to try to cut back on, on wear and tear on the players heading into the season. Big story uh, surrounding the Bulls right now came out regarding Lonzo Ball. We were wondering about what his status was going to be going into the start of the season. He is going to have a procedure done on his left knee next week, Wednesday, what they're calling an arthroscopic debridement, which is basically clearing out debris, in the knee joint, and hopefully that's going to give him some relief from the pain that's forced him to miss really the second half of last season and most of the summer. Uh, Stacy, I know you're not a doctor, but I'm sure you've had people who've had that procedure. You think this is going to give him the relief he's been looking for? Well, Mark, I'm not a doctor, but I did stay in a Holiday Inn last <laughs> night, okay? So I feel like I'm qualified that's to right. talk about this, okay? No, seriously, I didn't stay in a Holiday Inn. I don't stay in Holiday Inn. <laughs> America, Four seasons America is Mr. King. Mary's five-star hotels, baby. Ritz Carlton, I'm sorry. Um, you know, it's a big blow. It's a big yeah. blow because this is something that's been going on all summer long. Everybody's wanting to know what's, what's Lonzo's situation. We all know how important Lonzo is to this team, and, you know, he's a big reason this team could be a big threat uh, now it's a situation where he's going to be out six to eight weeks they're going to evaluate after that to see where they are you know you might not see him back for you know a little bit you know and that's going to be a, i tell you what that signing for Goran drag is, is huge right now yeah because now you got a veteran point guard who's used to being a starter 
He's not going to play 30 minutes a night, but he'll give you what he can in that 28 minutes. And then you got, you know, you got young IO still there. You got Caruso there. So you got the guards are pretty much, they can hold down the fort until Zoe gets back. And it's important to point out, they're saying they're going to reevaluate his situation in four to six weeks. That doesn't mean he's going to be ready to no. play in four to six weeks. It's more likely going to be a couple of months. So that was the subject of our poll question, which got a lot of responses. Which player do you think should start at point guard while Lonzo is out of the lineup? And here's what the voting looks like right now. 50% of the folks have voted for the local kid, Io DeSumo from the University of Illinois. Alex Caruso drawing about 27% of the vote. Uh, for the live Twitch folks, you still have time to vote on that. We'll update those results before we get out of here. And Stacy, I kind of agree with that. I think Iowa's put in a lot of time uh, during the summer to get stronger. And I saw a stat today, which was amazing, on basketball reference, I think, where he said that Io DeSumo, through the various metrics they have, ranked number one in the NBA in on-ball defense. He was ahead of Alonzo Ball. Well, I mean, and that's important because you need a, a guy at the top of the circle that can fight through screens, that can lock down people. He's one of those guys. Caruso's one of those guys. Now you bring, if you decide to go with Io as a starter, you know, you're basically bringing, you know, two guys off the bench in Caruso and Dragic that can play well together too. Right. And you can play, you know, Caruso at the two guard spot and you're going to have, you know, have a really good second group coming out. Io, in my opinion, is, has really earned the right to, to battle for that position. And the way he played last year and how he finished strong. I know people say, well, the playoffs, well, they, they cut his minutes in the playoffs. Right. But, I feel like just watching him this summer, he's a different kid. He's put on probably about 10 pounds of muscle. He's been in the gym every single day. Uh, no one works harder than this kid. Because last year, remember, he had a chip on his shoulder being drafted in the second round. That carried him throughout the whole year. And he still has that mentality. And you got to remember, he's a Chicago kid. Yeah. So he's Chicago tough. Yeah, I was talking about those defensive metrics. The Bulls had three guys in the top five. Javante Green was third. And Lonzo was fifth. So the Bulls, you know, people talked about their defensive issues later in the season, but this is the team that can get out and guard you when everybody's healthy. It was interesting, you know, we showed those poll results. Kobe White was running last. Talking about a chip on your shoulder. That, that kid's got to have a chip on his shoulder. I saw a photo of him recently. It looks like he's been in the weight room as well. America. Kobe White is going to be fine. I'm just telling <laughs> you right now. Kobe White, Patrick Williams going to have breakout years. And they're going to be the reason why the Bulls are a team to watch throughout the season. I think when Zoe comes back and they're fully healthy, um, you know, just like last year, I mean, any team, if any team loses key players, it's, it's going to be a blow to them. So if the Bulls can, you know, maintain and hold down the fort till Zoe gets back, but I still think Patrick Williams and, and Kobe White are in for big years. Kobe's going to shoot the ball a thousand times better than he did last year. And I keep telling people, that, you know, so quick to trade him. They're so quick to get rid of him. You don't find guys that can shoot almost 40% from the three-point line when he's healthy. Okay, yeah. so temper the trade Kobe thing, okay? Give him a chance. You got to remember, Kobe White missed all the summer last year with a torn labrum. He missed all training camp. He didn't have any practice time when he came back, and the, and the team was already established once he, once he came out there, so he had to try to find a role. He's going to be able to battle for minutes from the start. And if he shoots the ball like he's capable of shooting the ball, Mark, he is going to be in the lineup and he's going to get heavy minutes. We talked a lot about teams improving during the offseason and some squads are still trying to get stronger as we go. News of a trade in the NBA today, the Detroit Pistons picking up Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, that's that's a good move for them. I mean, we talk about Detroit getting better with the two young guards and Kate Cunningham and, and Jalen Ivey. This this is a team that's going to be interesting now when you add the shooting of Bogdanovich in that lineup. 
Well, I mean, you, you get a guy who's six foot seven, small forward, can play, you know, stretch four, mm-hmm. um, a, a reliable outside shooter to go with Cade Cunningham, who's who does a great job as a six foot seven point guard. Now they're starting to surround him with talent. You know, last year he showed you like what he can do and how he can elevate his team, but now you're starting to put legitimate pieces around him that can really thrive and have him thrive as a point guard. So I tell you what, I, I, I said this before, you know, the last couple of weeks on this show, Detroit is a team. I, I expect them to have the a kind of a jump that the bulls and Cleveland had last year. The, the central division is not going to be easy. Yeah. I mean, every, any team you play with the probably exception of, of Indiana's Indiana, in a big rebuild, Indiana's yeah. in a big rebuild, but they still have quality players there. You know, so it, it, it's going to be a dogfight every night. You know, you got Indiana, who's going to be the bottom, but you got, you know, Detroit, you got Milwaukee, who's still the class of the of the Central Division. You got the Bulls, who arguably is the second best team, and then you got Cleveland, and they've improved with Donovan Mitchell. Right. So every single night is going to be a dogfight. The NBA is so strong right now, it's ridiculous. There's only four or five teams that you can say legitimately are not going to make the playoffs, and uh, the Central Division is going to be tough night in and night out. You know, Jim, even when our sponsors uh, aren't in studio, we always give them a, a good mention on the show. And one of our good buddies, uh, Jeff Vukovic from Nationwide Insurance. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good buddy, Jeff Vukovic. He is Nationwide's best. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And if you're watching on Twitch or checking us out on YouTube, you can see all his information right there. So, Stacy, uh, it's almost NBA season. you got to make sure that... Uh, the Golden Pipes are in good shape. Nationwide <laughs> is on your side. Woo! Jim, we I got, like that, America. You got a jingle for us? And I'm not singing it. <laughs> <laughs> you got what is your catchphrase or slogan? You got you got one that you go to, your go to? Chevy Heaven. Okay. Your Chevy Heaven. And right. right now the Mazda machine on Route 19. Oh yeah, then, I'm, yeah. But then we're moving to Randall, so we got to come up with a new one. All right. Yeah. Well. We'll make sure that uh, that Stacy gives you a good Golden Pipes version. All right, so. always, <laughs> always. <laughs> hey, before we bring in our special guest, a couple of other NBA topics we want to talk about, and, and both of them are dealing with things that have happened off the court. The Boston Celtics, the defending Eastern Conference champions, are going to start training camp with a bit of upheaval. They will not have their head coach on the sideline. Ime Udoka is likely to be suspended for the entire 22-23 season as the result of having a consensual, intimate relationship with a Celtic staffer. And what they're saying is he violated the team's code of conduct. We don't know any of the details involved here, but just the reality that they're going to make him sit for the entire year. And Stacey, I've always been of the mind that the NBA is a player's league. Maybe you can tell people how much will the head coach not being there impact the Celtics' fate this year. Well, you know, hold on. Can we go back to that screenshot, please? Where we pull it back up. Who in the world put would you sleep with this man? <laughs> you know what, Stacey? Who, who put that I, on hey, there? Stacey, I made a joke earlier to the guys that saying that thing. Yeah. There's no way that people with reasonable intelligence would put that up. Oh my God. Hey, there, these guys might get suspended for, like, for months. Would you sleep with this man, America? Well, says source CBS Sports. Hey, listen. Is that from CBS? Let's, let's take that down. Okay, take, yeah. I, I, I think we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, retire I, that America, one. For the rest that, of this. America, America. That didn't come from me, okay? Hey, I, I ain't mad at you, though. Hey, no, hey, knee along. Oh, Lord. She might be a free agent, baby. Oh, Lord. All I'm going to say about this is, is like, listen, I don't know the details. No, none of us nobody, do, yeah. nobody knows, okay? But all I do know is, is that if anything, he, I mean, he violated his marriage 
Yeah. You know, he should be worrying about Nia Long and what's going to happen. And they have family. a 10 year old son. And they have there. a son. Yeah. And, you know, he violated his marriage. And that's the, that's the big thing there, you know? And so, but as far as like, it wasn't like he, like Sarver, you know, making lewd comments or, you know, inappropriate pictures or things like that. Yeah. It was two consensual adults that went, that worked together. And, and, you know, I, I didn't understand that. Some people have said on Twitter that it can't be consensual when it's a boss-employee relationship. That's where they're going with that. Just by the, the letter of that, you can't, you can't have a consent. I think that's well, crazy, but that's, that's, you know, that's our society. The only thing I would say about that is, is that, I mean, how many places in America that people in the offices are dating or they're, you know, they have consensual relationships? You know, you, you see it every day. You read about it all the time. Um, so what's the difference? You know, and so that, that's a real that's a real sticky situation. And like, this is a this is a Boston Celtics decision. Yes. This is not Adam Silver in the NBA issuing a one year suspension. They're I, saying I that mean, he, he violated the team code of conduct. I mean, you might want to start reading contracts. Yeah, you, know, you might guys yeah. might start want to read contracts and make sure like whatever's in there instead of just signing it. You better make, <laughs> you better make sure read what's in there. Yeah. Because I, I guarantee you, if that was in there, that was probably in like some small print that you had to get a magnifying glass to see that one. Because I, I, I just, it's it's amazing. It's amazing to me that this is such big news, yeah. you know, and that it that it got out there like that. Because again, you said it's a Boston Celtic thing. Why wasn't that closed doors? Why wasn't that, you know, kept yeah, inside right. to the Boston Celtics? It, I mean, literally, Woj dropped a bomb. It was like, dun, 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 and he comes out <laughs> with this thing. And again, if it was a Boston Celtic thing, not an NBA thing, how did it get out? Yeah. That should have been handled behind closed doors. And maybe they don't even let everybody know what happened. Maybe they just said, hey, you guys are spending for, you know, X, Y, Z, and don't even put it out there. But but to, to release that like that. And then I guess they I guess there's some reports they put the girl's name out there, which is wrong to do, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was one report uh, they linked uh, the coach who was ahead of uh, player development because she was the only female in basketball ops. Oh. But then they quickly said, no, that's not her. So, I mean, the, yeah. she's already had her name thrown yeah, out she's there. Already, I yeah. mean, so, so the, it was handled, in my opinion, it was handled wrong. You know, that again, that should have been handled behind closed doors. And then once you decided what his fate was going to be, then you come out and release it. You say, yeah. hey, okay, he's suspended for, you know, 25 games for inappropriate, you know, you know, whatever. But don't don't put it out there now because this man has a family. Right. You know, the girl has a family and it wasn't even the girl, but she has a family. And it just I just think it was handled wrong. Yeah, I asked you about how it's going to affect them on the court. They were look, looking like they'd be the Eastern Conference favorite. They added Malcolm Brogdon. They got a great guard rotation now to go with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, who's been ranked in the top ten in all the preseason rankings. That's a team that was that has aspirations of winning a championship. Is this going to hurt? Because they're bringing a guy from the second row of the bench, uh, Joe Mazzula, I think his name is, to to coach the team. Well, the, the problem too, you got to remember, Robert Williams is out too. Right. You know, he hurt his yeah. knee. So that's something that was lingering from last season. And that's a big blow for them because this is a young big that really helped them in that series against Golden State. And when he's healthy, he is a very good rim protector. He's a guy that can cover so much ground. He can switch on guards. And they are going to miss that. And you also got Al Horford, who's like, I think, in year 17. You know, so he's getting older. So uh, there's a lot of things, you know. And you got to remember, too, Mark, they struggled at the beginning of the year, halfway through the first half of the season. They were awful. Bulls went in there and they yeah, manhandled yeah. them. They were awful. So then all of a sudden they have a team meeting. Uh, we got to turn this around. And then they turned around. They were one of the hottest teams in the second half. Now you're bringing somebody off the from behind the bench to coach. And, you know, that could be some problems because, you know, 
Adoka's got a strong personality, even though he's a quiet guy, he's, he's a strong leader. And so now someone else has to come and take the reins. And now how will the two young players, you know, Tatum and Brown handle this? Oh, it's mm -hmm. my shot now. It's my shot. Because you remember, Brown might be a little salty because his name came up in trades, trade rumors, yeah. you know, Kevin for Durant. Durant. Mm -hmm. And so he may be still feeling about that. Like, oh, you got to get you guys to the finals, help you get to the finals. And now you, you know, put me on the trade block. So there may be some problems there. Boston is not on paper. Boston looks good. But I'm not a big, I'm not sold on the Boston Celtics being a team coming out of the Eastern Conference this year. I'm just not. And if you saw the graphic, we, you know, we didn't have anything bad about Joe Mazzula at the top. It was just Joe Mazzula steps up. So, thank, yeah. thankfully. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything. That's I don't want to say that shit. I didn't want to say anything. Nothing about Joe up there, did we? Okay. Hey, the other big story in the NBA, it looks like the Phoenix Suns are for sale. Jim, you got enough money to buy the Phoenix Suns? I was going to borrow it from him. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we got to yeah. get whispers as an NBA owner. That, that would be something, wouldn't it? Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't last long either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'd be right behind Sarver. <laughs> yeah, Robert Sarver, after all the horrible publicity from the th things, that, things that he said and did during his reign as uh, owner of the Phoenix Suns, is uh, indicated that he's going to sell the Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. He's going to come out of this with a huge profit because NBA, the value of NBA franchises has really shot up. But, you know, we saw comments from LeBron James and Chris Paul, you know, saying that the punishment, saying that he'd be suspended for a year and a $10 million fine wasn't enough. And he felt enough pressure where he was losing sponsors and he finally decided that there was no way for him to come out of this with a team still in his control. So he's going to sell the franchise and, and people around the NBA are applauding that. Well, I mean, there's no place for what he did. Right. I mean, just because you're, you know, on the team doesn't allow you to be a jerk and, and be, you know, male chauvinist and, and all the things that he did is wrong. And, you know, I think Adam Silver felt a lot of pressure because when he came out with that first, you know, $10 million fine, people looked at him like, what? You know, I mean, yeah. Sterling, y'all kick Sterling out the league. <laughs> so, <laughs> so wait a minute, hold up. Why is he, why is he getting the pass? He did probably the exact same thing that, Sterling was doing so yeah. uh, he felt some pressure on that man and um, you know the players were talking the, you know everybody was talking about it and I, I think he did the right thing I mean when you start losing sponsors of your team you know um, that makes you think a little bit different. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of high-profile businessmen who are being rumored, uh, including Bob Iger, who was the head of Disney for a long time, that may step up and try to buy that Phoenix Suns franchise. So Why that'll be something. You? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, and because that's a good team. It's a license to print money down there. Yeah, it's a, got, it's a got, good franchise, got, good got young talent, team. yeah, in, in a warm-weather city where NBA players like to go. So that'll be a situation that we'll be following as we get into the NBA season. So a lot of off-the-court news. And whisper, somebody on the uh, – on the Twitch chat is, is going after you. They, they said if oh uh, they said if Christopher Walken is still looking for a fight, he should fight the one-armed lady that uh, stays in the pen. Somebody That's a good call. Somebody else said whispers are looking awful red today. <laughs> that comes up every week. Wow. Wow. Hey, it's 65 degrees. Oh. It's the first day of Damn. fall, so yeah. maybe whispers skin tone will get to a more normal shade at some point. So speaking of Christopher Walken, it's time to read the uh, give me the hot sauce ad. Oh. Come on, come on. The folks, wait for this. Jeez, they yeah, stay up all week just waiting for the I'm just trying to stay up when he reads it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> trying to score the best hot sauce in the game? Well, listen up, because we have a variety of flavors that will bring some spice into your life. That's right. <laughs> Give me the hot sauce. It's the best small batch organic sauces for your kitchen. Is that right, Stace? Nope. No. <laughs> yes. Well, the Chicago salad. Best sauce, sauce anywhere. Kind of twist. <laughs> Fan favorite St. Pat's Verde, 
How spicy Sweet King's Q, or the hottest of the bunch, Chicago Fires, 1871. You know, that'll do to your eyeballs, right, Mark? That's right. Stop by, give me the hot sauce.com, and use code KING21 to get 21% off your first order. Nicely done. That's nicely done. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You know, Christopher Walken is everywhere. The guy's got to be in his 70s. I, I just tried a, a new show on Apple called Severance. That's right. I'm not And he's down. in that too. <laughs> I mean, the guy, the guy is in, you're in everything. Yeah, you got to keep going. It's the only way to go. <laughs> you didn't get any, any Emmys, though, in the recent Emmy Awards. I thought for sure you I've been robbed for years. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, the, our weekly Christopher Walken segment, always a big hit. And another big hit, Charlie Benante, the drummer for Anthrax. He is in the waiting room. He's coming up next on episode 99 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. So keep it right here. All right. Way to go, team. Welcome back. Episode 99 of Gimme the Hot Sauce. We had the music played by D, but we have a special guest who could have handled his own musical introduction. He is Charlie Benante, drummer extraordinaire. Charlie, thank you so much for joining the show. How did you uh, first uh, get to know Stacey King? Uh, personally, or how did you first become aware of Stacey King? Uh, with the Bulls, of course back in the 90s um and uh i mean anyone who loved basketball loved the bulls at that time too because they were just on fire and uh and um i'll never forget when uh, a mutual friend of mine brandon wright who used to work for the bulls uh he introduced me to stacy king and i'm like what <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh and stacy was so awesome from that moment on he was just always so cool and just always uh, took a liking uh, to each other. And um, I would always say to Brandon, like, you know, man, you know, you meet someone and you hope that they're cool. He was very cool. Your check's in the mail, Charlie. I appreciate it. Is that good? Stacey, was that good? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, <laughs> just you, the way you yeah, rehearsed just, it. Just the way we rehearsed it last night, Charlie. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Tell, tell our listeners, because, like, we, you know, a lot of times, you know, we try to do different things on this podcast. You know, we, we're not all about sports. You know, we bring in interesting people uh, that do interesting things. And, you know, you happen to be a friend of mine, and you are very interesting. And there's a lot of Anthrax fans out there. Uh, let our listeners know how you guys came up because you guys started in New York, right? You guys, that's where the group yeah. started. So tell our yeah. listeners how you guys came up with that name. Was there other names that you guys were looking at? And was that the first choice <laughs> that came to your mind? We had a whole list of diseases, but that one seemed <laughs> to have the best ring to it and it had an X in it, you know, and you can do a lot more graphically with an X. So, um, no, but seriously, it was like back in high school, one of the guys just just you know came up with the name he was reading about it in science class and um it just stuck and um i'm not saying it was the greatest name but you know how sometimes things just stick and you gotta you gotta go with it you gotta stay with it so um but yeah we all met and um we were right out of high school we were like touring in a van going across country and uh i swear i never looked back and at the time, I was going to art school because that's what I wanted to do is be like a graphic artist. So art in some, in some way or another, I wanted that to be my career. And um, this, this happened. So um, 
the best part about it for me was I could do both things in this, you know what I mean? Because I would design the album covers and t-shirts and basically got a big uh, jump in the art uh, direction from the record labels. They would have the greatest art department and I learned so much from them that um, there was my art education. Well, you're still rocking strong at the age of 59. How tough is that on the body? I mean, the you know the the genre of music you played has got to be tough, not only on the ears, but but just just everywhere. I don't think about it that much, to be honest with you. I don't think about age until someone brings it up. Um, for me, <laughs> in, in my head, I'm still I'm still young at heart. So uh, I mean, yeah, there's uh, a little wear and tear on my ears, you know, um, but for the most part. As soon as I hear that intro music going, bam, I'm yeah. just in another, another world. And it's weird because I always thought <clears throat> us as like athletes, but athletes to me, they give it up early on. And it's like, well, golfers don't. <laughs> but yeah. it, you know what I mean? I never understood yeah. why they say, all right, you're done. You're past your prime. It's like, damn, I'm only like 32. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's weird to me. When you when you go back to when you were riding in the vans and you guys were, were doing it and and I'm I'm sure those were fun fun times you know you know climbing up the ladder when did you finally when you guys finally feel like you actually made it like we we we're here we made it one of our records is playing on the on the radio station like how how was that feeling and 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 how did it feel to see that happen and, and that hard work come to fruition so. I would say it was our third record that we started to notice something was really happening here. Like our record was in the charts and more people were coming to the shows and it started to become, wow, like this is really happening for us. And um, the thing, the thing that helped us too is uh, there were four bands that came up together. It was like us, uh, Metallica, Slayer and Megadeth. And they coined the phrase, the big four. So this was back in like 1986. And there, there was a movement. So it was the four bands doing this. And it really changed the face of hard rock or heavy metal music. Charlie, I've got a nephew who plays the drums professionally. And he goes through tons of sticks. How many <laughs> sticks do you go through in a week or in a year? Oh man, that's that's a that's a tough question because sometimes uh, you get a really good pair of sticks and they'll last throughout the show, and then you get a pair of sticks where it's like, oh, first song broke goodbye. <laughs> um, but throughout the years, I uh, I designed my own like my signature stick, and now I don't have that problem too much because of the uh, design of it. When you, when you, you know, when you talk about athletes you know, we talk about, you know, competition and um, we talk about pushing each other and, and teams and you have these, you know, the Detroit and, and the Bulls rivalries, the New York Knicks and the Bulls rivalry, like we're trying to like really destroy each other. How was it coming up in that big four? Because, you know, when you when you talk about the big four, was it was it competition between Metallica, Megadeth and Slayer and you guys were you guys pulling for one another or was there competition, friendly competition? Well, it's funny you should say that because Metallica came to New York. Uh, they're from San Francisco, and we had a mutual manager at the time, and he brought them to New York, 
and they stayed at our place and we let them use, um, uh, we had like a big rehearsal place and they used that rehearsal place. You know, we, we gave them certain things, amenities for their room and just really kind of bonded with them and, and, and helped them a lot. And that friendship, you know, has stayed till today with, with them guys. Um, so there's always been a really good camaraderie with them. And, um, and the same with the other bands too, you know, especially Slayer. When they come. Slayer are not with us anymore. They, they decided to call it a day, but the last big tour that they did, we were on that too. And we spent like months together and it was, it was bittersweet because we've known them since they were first starting out too. But they decided that's it. We've had enough. Hey, Charlie, uh, uh, speaking of the other band, Steven Adler says you're the best drummer of all time. Oh my God, I love Stephen Adler. He's, he's awesome. Um, I often say that first Guns N' Roses album wouldn't have been the first Guns N' Roses album without his feel, his drumming on it. He's got this, this, this swing to him. Yeah, love him. He says it's because of the uh, invention of your blast beat. Can you explain that? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's this beat, and it's it's it got called the blast beat. Um, back in like nineteen. 19- 85 uh, we did a record a little side project uh, the guitarist Scott and I and it was called the Stormtroopers of Death and on the, on this record we have a song called Milk and the beat in it is is a very avant-garde different way of approaching but it's very fast and it just <laughs> it just sounds like uh, I don't know drums falling down the stairs but in time <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, or like drums in a dryer or sneakers in a dryer, you know? But it, like I said, it's in time. And then years later, a lot of the bands from Europe started to adapt to this type of uh, style and beat and put it in their music. Um, but yeah, it came from this uh, one record call uh, from the band uh, Stormtroopers of Death. And that was it. Jeez. Hey, speaking of that uh, band competition, one more thing I got to ask you about. So you're a pinball guy. How come there's no Anthrax pinball machine? You got Iron Maiden, you got Metallica, Guns N' Roses. <laughs> ACDC, I know, yeah. man. It's like, come on. You know, I talk to those guys at Stern, and I, I bet eventually they'll, they'll do one because um, God, I, love, I love those pinball machines. They're so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Charlie, you've traveled all over the world. Can you, can you share a crazy tour story for our audience? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's uh, I have I have a tour coming up. I leave Saturday for the UK. Yeah. Um, we haven't been there in years because of COVID. Um, but I'm so looking forward to going there. Um, I miss seeing you know our fans in the UK, and especially now it has uh, more of a meaning because the Queen, you know, yeah. has since passed and. Um, I don't know what the mood is going to be there, but um, but yeah, I'm excited to go. Yeah, the Queen was a big Anthrax fan. Is that right? Oh yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> I wish she would have. Uh, well, we couldn't be knighted, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got another question. Like when you when you look at today's, like you guys are the the Godfathers of of heavy metal. Who today? that you guys look at and you go, man, these guys are really good. They got a chance to be really, really good um, as they get older. 
Um, there's this band from Sweden that came out a few years ago. They're called Ghost. And um, they don't look like your normal rock band. They uh, wear a theatrical type of thing. The singer looks like a, a skeleton. Um, <laughs> but he also dresses as if he's like the Pope. <laughs> you got to you got to see it to believe it, but it's very theatrical. And when you go see them, they put on this really big show, and I think they uh, they really have something. You know, I think they'll be around for a while. You were born uh, in New York, and you've uh, got a lot of good friends in, in that area. Have you switched over in terms of your sports allegiances? Are you are you a Chicago guy now, rooting for Chicago teams? Well, I always loved Chicago baseball. Uh, I'm Chicago basketball, um, and uh, that's probably due to Michael Jordan. You know, who doesn't? You know, who wasn't a fan of Michael Jordan? I mean, when we were in Europe, we would see people wearing bull shirts. I'm like, what? You know, um, but that brand is so global, and it's because of him. You know, um, so I would say. I do like the Cubs, and I'm, I was happy that I was here to see them win the World Series. That was a, a moment in time, and that was that was a great part of history. And I was so glad that I was here to witness that, and just you could feel the emotion in this uh, this town, you know. So that was a good thing. So yeah, I do love um, the Cubs. I think they uh, they did just have a brand too, you know. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's played concerts with. Those jerseys. Out. Yeah, we saw we saw yeah, that earlier. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, we played Riot Fest um, three years ago, was it? And they made us Bulls jerseys. It was awesome. And I said, could they be black? Because I love that that look. And they did it. And I was happy. <laughs> I had their names on them and everything. Man, it's just wow. It, it, that was that was a great thing. You know. How's it been playing with your nephew in the band? Uh, it's like bands that have brothers or something like that. You know, you always have this kind of, um, this love, but it also, you have this bickering too that, that is always there too, because at the end of the day, the five of us in this band out of the five, four of us have been together forever. And it's like brothers and sometimes brothers get into it. I I don't know if you guys have any brothers, but, um, you know, it's, uh, that's what it is, you know? It's male bonding. <laughs> <laughs> we see you've got the guitar in front of you. You also uh, are an accomplished guitarist. How, how much does that help you in terms of uh, comp- composing music and getting ready for shows? I mean, for me, I that's all I've done is just write music for the band. And, uh, you know, it's, it's almost it's therapeutic. Um, there'll be times when I'm just playing and... Uh, I get possessed by the guitar. I don't even know where I am. And then I listen back to what I, what I taped and I'm like, wow, that's some really good stuff. And I'll have like three songs out of that. So um, guitar playing is something that I was a drummer first, but I always say I'm a guitar, I'm a guitarist trapped in a drummer's body. And, um, but I'll just sit, watch television, just play my guitar. It just soothes me, you know? Like I am now. <laughs> um, my, my, I got another question because I've been always wanted to ask somebody this, and I just and now that I know you personally, I can ask you this question: What? Why is groups like you know the heavy metal groups are still going strong, and and have a whole new audience, and then guys like yeah. Rat 
and all these all those big hair bands, you know, that didn't last. You know, they didn't last. You know, through the decades. Like, what what was the reason for all those bands who were like really big time at one point, and then they just disappeared? Uh, that's a that's a good question. I mean, there's still an audience, of course, for for a lot of that. I mean, we just saw this uh, this past summer. You know, Motley Crue and Def Leppard did a huge stadium tour and sellouts all over the place. So there is an audience. Um, I think more or less the way it goes is like sometimes you don't see it like the way you used to see it, like on the you know TV or whatever. Um, so you think it's gone, but it's really not. It's it's still there. And, you know, uh, nowadays there's so much stuff with TikTok and online that a lot of things get lost. But for people who loved that music back in the day, you know, other generations pick up on it. And that's the one thing that's great about this last tour that we did. We, our audiences have changed so much we've had little kids in the front and I'm just like, how is this happening? You know what I mean? But it's happening because the generation, either their dad or their brother or whoever turns them on to it and a bam, you know, it's like sports, you know, you, you grow up in the family that loves a certain team. Well, you're going to love that team too, because how could you not, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the Geico commercial now. Really? Yeah, they they say we have a rat problem. And they show the band <laughs> right. Yeah. The yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, speaking of TV things, uh, our good buddy over here, Tim Kelly, does a spot on Christopher Walken impersonation. Did you ever see that Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, with Christopher Walken asking for more cowbell? You familiar yeah. with that? More I'm cowbell. More. Co- <laughs> I got a fever. <laughs> <laughs> and the only key is more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the my producer. God. This guy. Yeah. Hey, it's not me. That's who, he's, that's who he's going for. I don't know who Will Farrell's playing, but. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, tell us about your business venture in the coffee The industry. coffee, baby. Yeah. I need some tell more, us about too, that. babe. I need some more. I mean, for me, growing up in New York, I would uh, I was a coffee nut since I was a little kid. My mom used to say she used to put a little bit of coffee in my bottle, and I was on fire. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've always been a coffee drinker. And um, well, Dave Mustaine, who's the uh, guitar player in the band Megadeth, he hit me up about doing coffee, and we did. Both of us start a coffee brand. And... Um, and then I think he got kind of bored of it, but I kept it going. So um, I found like my own place in New Jersey that roasted coffee and I started to do it independently. And then someone turned me on to Dark Matter Coffee who were here in Chicago and met with them. And now they, they do the coffee for me. And it was, it's such a great thing because I love those guys. And I'll never forget the day I went down there to make the blends and what we were going to do. And we all sat around this table trying different types of coffee. And here's, here's what I wanted. Here's what I wanted to taste like. Here's what, you know, I want that kick when I drink it and they totally got it. And we've been doing business together for about five, six years now. It's very good coffee. And speaking of that coffee, I, I've been wanting to get some more, um, you know, 
Since I, since I know the I know the boss, so I can you know. There you go. And and you know what? I'm in the hot sauce business right now, Charlie. Yes, I yes. Heard. And we're definitely right. going to give you some hot sauce, and I want you to try my hot sauce and let me know how you, how you like it. Absolutely. I have uh, my girlfriend Carla and my daughter are the biggest hot sauce fans in the world. So oh, please, yes. please bring it on. We'll they always they challenge the chefs sometimes. Like, oh. can you really? Do you have enough spice? We challenge that. So. <laughs> hey, and what can you tell us about the butcher babies these days? Uh, they're on tour right now. They're and they're they have two more shows left, and then they go to Europe as well. So uh, yeah, they're 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 working hard. Those kids. <laughs> I, feel like I feel like everybody's working hard now since since they gave the green light. Yes, you can go on tour. Uh, now everybody's on tour and. Um, it's it's a good thing and it's also a bad thing. Tell us about the tour you're going to be going on. As the group is Pantera. Oh no, Pantera! That starts later this year. So okay. um, the story with Pantera is the uh, the two brothers who were who started the band who were in the band are no longer with us, and they were really good friends of mine. The other two members, Philip and Rex, um, they want to do a celebration of Pantera tribute and they asked me to be a part of it. So of course for me, it's a very emotional thing because of my friendship with all of them. And, um, I'm so excited about it because, um, yeah, it just means a lot to me personally, you know? You know, my, my driver, you know, I have a driver at Windy City limousine. So he's listening Mike, right now. He's listening right now. Mike Amaroff, he wanted me to ask you a question. He wanted me to ask you, do you know Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine? I do know him, but I, I don't know him, like, personally. But yeah. I know he's from, like, near Vernon Liberty Hills. Hills. Liberty, Libertyville. That's what, yeah. that's what he was saying. Because I told him, I said, Charlie's in Long Grove. And, yeah, and he said, "Yeah, there's a guy. There's Tom Morello from the Rage Against the Machine. Ask him, does he know? Because he's in Libertyville." And I'm like, "Man, we got these two rock guys living. <laughs> Long Grove, baby. Long Grove is a lot." He doesn't. I don't think he lives. I think he grew up. Yeah, there. he grew up there. Yeah. And uh, I believe Adam from the band Tool also grew up there. Wow. They used to be friends. I think they went to the same school. Yeah, Libertyville High School. I think he's out. Yeah. I, think, I think he's out. I think he's in California or something now. But yeah. that that's that's really long road, man. I'm telling you, man. We had a lot of we had a lot of important people out there, Mark. That's right. Okay? We had a lot of important people out there. That's why they ran you out of there, right? <laughs> wow, that hurt. <laughs> that hurt. No, I left because I got tired of sitting in traffic for two hours trying to go to the United Center every day. That's so, from anywhere in Chicago. You know right? what, Mark? You, you know, Mark, you're getting ready to get throat punched for real, Mark. Get, see what I got to deal with, Charlie? Charlie, hit us with a riff right now, Charlie, because we want you to. I want you to play that guitar because people just think you're the drummer. They don't know that you can play the guitar too. So give us a little riff. I mean, I could, but it's not plugged in. It's hard, you know. Oh, Charlie! I've it. been hyping you up, baby. <laughs> I'll come down with a big rig and just kind of, you know, like do like a Marty McFly. Yeah, you can blow the roof off this joint. <laughs> so, so I got one more question before we let you go. Like, okay, yeah, so man. you play the drums. Like, who was your inspiration playing the drums? Like, you had to have someone growing up that you go that got you turned on to it, or you just hey, happened to? He was almost a drummer for Kiss at age fifteen. Ah, oh, yeah, that was a uh... for real. Well, I was there <laughs> for the audition, but I was too young. Wow! So before it was it was before Peter Chris. Uh, you'd have to ask. It was after, after Peter. <laughs> it was after Peter Chris. Yeah. Wow. Um, but for me, I grew up in a house with four older sisters. So I was, you know, 
I absorbed everything that they would play. And the first thing I wrote was the Beatles. And that was it. So Ringo, I'd have to say it's because of Ringo, because he just looked cool. And to this day, when you see Ringo, he's still doing it. He's 82 years old, and the dude plays like he's 50. Really? So, yeah, I'd have to say Ringo was the one. And then as I got older, it became like the, the drummer from Rush, Neil Peart. He was a, a big influence. You know, Alex Van Halen, another one. Um, loved it. Wow, that's impressive. Phil, Phil Collins. Love Phil Collins. Yeah. That's another one, yeah. Well, Charlie, it was so nice of you to join us. Give us some of your time this afternoon. Best of luck with it. what's coming up Uh getting back out on tour, getting out to Great Britain, and we'll be sending some hot sauce your way. So uh, keep rocking. <laughs> and and, and then, All right. <laughs> <laughs> our, 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 our producer, Maddie, she's a lovely girl. She's uh, She'll be handling She'll talk to you and get your address and send out the hot sauce. And so your uh, girlfriend and daughter will be able to try the best hot sauce you ever taste. I can't wait. Thank you. Um, well, thank you, guys. Appreciate this. Thanks, Thanks Charlie. Charlie. Thanks for joining us on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Episode 99 rolls on. 99. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Back on episode 99 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. As we mentioned, NBA training camps open up next week. Media day for the Bulls is Monday. Their first training camp practice is on Tuesday. So that's going to get rolling. I saw Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves met the media today. Hockey is already going. They're going to start their uh, exhibition games next week. So we're going to have all sport, four sports, four major sports going next week. And unfortunately for Bears fans, uh, Packer Week didn't turn out the way that everybody had hoped. They had a good win over the 49ers, but Green Bay really took them to the woodshed in that game. The Bears are who we thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> and we let them off the hook. They're tied for first they, place. They let them off the hook. <laughs> the Bears, they just let me down again, mean Gina. Justin Fields only threw 11 passes in that oh. game, which was a big point of contention. And then he had the uh, little bit of a faux pas in the postgame press conference where he said that, you know, the fans don't work as hard as the players do. The players have a lot more oh, invested no. in this. And people took that all the wrong way. Oh. It became a big deal. And then Justin had to go to the microphone Wednesday in his normal pregame press conference. And he didn't really apologize, but he clarified what he had said. And, and you know, it's tough being a young quarterback in the NFL, especially when you have a shaky offensive line and you don't have impact wide receivers. Well, I mean, you know, the athletes nowadays take things personally. You yeah. know, you got to let that go. You, this is a rivalry game. This means a lot to the Chicago fans. And they were coming in off a big win over the 49ers, who was a playoff caliber team, and still going to be a playoff caliber team with Jimmy G there. I think they're a much better team with Jimmy G as their quarterback. So put the graphic back up with the numbers again, guys, if you don't mind. You got Montgomery rushing for 122 yards. Yeah, he was okay. good. Okay, so so you see 120, 15 carries, 122 yards. This sets up play action. Right. Okay, where, where was play action? I mean, 11 passes. You got a guy running through the tackles just to, to destroying the Green Bay Packers defense, and there's no play action passes. There's no deep balls thrown. You're not going to beat teams. When you got a guy that's rushed for 122 yards – you should be passing the ball all over the place. You should be coming out on first down, passing the ball, keeping the defense off balance. Because, again, a guy that gets 15 carries, 120, that is a that is a big-time game for a running back. And to see he only got 11 passes, and, again, when you watch the game, where's the play action? 
You know, where are these receivers? You know, I, I know, I, I mean, you see Brown, St. Brown there, two receptions, 39 yards. Where, but where, where is Mooney? Where's Mooney at? Mooney caught one pass for minus four yards. I mean, seriously, like, I, I, I mean, you heard all this stuff that him and Fields have been working out together. They got rhythm. They're going to have a great combination. Yeah. I have not seen it at all. Like they got to get that going. There's I mean, no it's almost it. like you ought to put a put him on a milk carton. Has anyone seen Mooney? Because like, <laughs> I mean, in that San Francisco 49, we gave him a pass because it was raining. Seen the total hard. of first downs though for the Bears? Was it six so far in two games? No, they have they have more first downs than that. No, I think it's six. And the next worst we need game a is fact thirteen. Checks. We need fact checks. Someone look that up. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Well, they're up. last in terms of passing attempts and passing yardage, things like that. But the first downs, I think you're a little off on that. Yeah, That's I think sure. yeah, we might have to check. I think you might have a little yeah. too much beer. Christopher Walken. <laughs> he might have had too much beer. No, but seriously, though, no, seriously, I'm, I'm just saying, though, like, you, you got a guy rushing between the tackles 122 yards, and you know their offensive line is not very good. For him to get 122 yards against Green Bay was phenomenal, but that sets up the play action. That sets up the naked bootlegs. That sets up downfield passing because now they're stacking the box, and they're saying, hey, but when you got a guy like Fields who's not throwing the ball – they don't have to respect the receivers. They don't have to. They say, hey, you know, he's not going to throw the ball anyway, so let's just press him and, you know, press him at the line of scrimmage. Don't let him get off the line of scrimmage. The receivers have to do a better job of getting open and getting downfield and not getting beat at the line. This week they've got their former coach, Lovey Smith, visiting Soldier hey. Field, coming back as head coach of the Houston Texans. I got a play call for you. First play, play action to David Montgomery. Throw it deep to Mooney. What do you think? What did the hand say to the face? <laughs> Smack! <laughs> it's not going to happen, Mark. It's not going to happen. They okay. got to challenge him down the field, though, because Lovey's defenses have always been good yeah. in the box. <laughs> You got to establish the running game again. You got to you got to get Montgomery off and get him running, getting some you know four or five pops here, you know four or five yards here, and then set up the play action. Don't wait to the game's out of hand to be right. trying to. You can't play action then because no, you're when you're down by two high. touchdowns, yeah. it doesn't work. So play action doesn't yeah. work. You got to you got to do play action when your running back is rolling, the game is tight, and you make the defense have to make adjustments. If they don't have to make adjustments, then they stick. They don't put eight in the box. Now, if you take Montgomery away, now you're forcing Fields to pass. Mm -hmm. But right now. Now it's like you know they don't respect his his his, his receivers number one because they really don't have a number one receiver let's just be honest okay call a spade a spade they got a lot of complimentary receivers but they don't have a clear-cut number one guy you don't have a guy out there like a, a, a you know adams from from uh, vegas you don't have that kind of guy you know mooney was supposed to be you know, he's supposed to be the guy and i like mooney but you gotta start showing up Hey, I heard that you're like a 11 time champion in fantasy football and you got victimized by some obscure rule in your league. Let me tell you something. I'm in a Bulls uh, fantasy league right yeah. now and uh, they're cheating. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to throw that they're out stacking there. stacking the deck against yeah, you. They, they, first of all, they don't explain the rules, America. They just they just put me in a league and have me draft and then they don't tell me the rules. I found out, I just found out this week that you can play two quarterbacks yeah. at the same time. It'd be they nice to know that. They didn't say that to me. You know, they had some little thing called OP. I didn't even know what OP stood for. I was like, what is it? OP, OP Taylor. Yeah, I was like, is this like a bench guy? Or I don't know. I come to find out, I lose this week. They had two, I had two quarterbacks playing. Yeah. And I lost last week because he had two quarterbacks playing. And if I would have known this, I would have drafted two quarterbacks, but they, they cheated me. So who did you put at the OP position? I had uh, uh, Schuster Smith from Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah, he had like two points. Uh, he got benched. He, he's, he's off this week. I, he, if I could cut him, 
Like, oh, let me tell you what they did to me too. See, when my league is free waiver wire, you just yeah. go pick up whoever's open. You don't got to yeah, yeah. you don't got to do anything. You don't got to do anything special. On their waiver wire, you got to wait in line. You could be the uh, 14th player to to get a player. Like I wanted to go get Jimmy G. Soon as soon as uh, I found out Lance was hurt, I ran to the waiver wire. I went after him too. I went to the waiver wire. I'm getting him. I'm getting him. I'm getting him because I know Jimmy G is going to be solid. And once he get once Kittle comes back. Kittle's going to be eating, boy. He's going to be eating. He's going to get about eight, nine catches a game, and I'm going to be right there back in the mix. But they cheated me, Mark. They, oh, man, I, I, I've i never been this bad in the fantasy. Yeah. Seriously, after winning 10 straight and then coming over here to, uh, I don't know what league it is. It's ESPN League, which is rigged, okay? This is the second year in a row that I've been rigged by the Bulls by the Bulls uh, personnel who runs the league. I'm not going to call any names. I'm not going to throw any people yeah. on the bus. But um, now I know that OP stands for um, some player, uh, offensive player. You can put anybody there. That's not even a flex player. So you got the flex, and you can put anybody in the flex. They need to tell people. You first of all, you shouldn't play two quarterbacks. You should only be yeah. When did that start? I've never heard of that. No, you can't play two quarterbacks. Yeah. You should only have one quarterback, and then you should uh, in that flex position or that OP position that could be a wide receiver, tight end, or running back. But they 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 tricked me. They mm -hmm. put quarterbacks there, and I I didn't know that. So when I went to go draft Jimmy G, I had to wait. I was like I was at like a a, a, a restaurant that's too crowded to get in, like a Pequods. Pequods, <laughs> Pequods, yeah, we can be a sponsor out there. Pequods. So Pequods has like a line. You ever had Pequods pizza? It's delicious. Yeah, the best. <sighs> right, and listen, Lou Malnati's. I'm still riding with you. I'm loyal to you, baby. <laughs> it was just uh, Lou, delivered. Lou Malnati's. I'm loyal to you. I got number love. I've been I've been down with Lou Malnati's since 1990. Okay, and I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna turn on my boys, but I'm gonna tell you that Pequod. <laughs> that Pequod. about to cry. That Pequod pizza. <laughs> hey, hey, that was unbelievable. But you know what the difference is? Have you, I don't want to hurt Pequod's feelings. Okay, but you know what the difference is? Really, the between the two. The butter crust? Nah, nah, because you know Pequod's got that that cheese crust that's like yeah. melted on there. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's tough to beat there, Tim. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you where Lou's got him beat. Man, don't get mad at me, pizza people. Pequod, don't get mad at me. I'm just giving a fair I'm a assessment. Professional I'm a professional analyst. You just heard it, okay? D just hit me with that. I'm a professional analyst. I'm giving you my personal opinion, okay? You, you can you, you don't have to like it, but you're gonna listen, okay? Lou Malnati's and Pequod, both. Chicago iconic pizzas, okay? Can't go wrong with either one of them. If you order it on a Friday and eat it on a Friday, it's perfect. It's where, where the separation comes is day two. Mm -hmm. Day two, day three. Lou Malnati is on a different level. It's on a different, when you can send a pizza a thousand miles and then put it in the oven and eat it and it tastes like you just was there, and they, they can't mess with Lou. That's right. They can't mess with Lou. That's the difference, Pequod. Because I, I put your, I, I put Pequods in the in the in the oven, and I cooked it, and I got it out. It, it, <laughs> you all right? What? <laughs> Another sponsor down the drain. A Pequod. I'm just being honest, baby. Better have some angel hey, water. Hey, but I, I had Lou. I've had Lou Malnati's on the second day. And Lou Malnati tastes good, just good on the second day, did on the first day. <laughs> Fully homogenized. Oh, man. I'm sorry, America. I, I'm listening. I'm honest assessment, okay? I mean, that's one thing. I keep it real. No cap. I keep it real, okay? Pequod's is still a great pizza if you eat it the same day. Hey, speaking of uh, number one companies, tell the folks how they can uh, oh. take care of their transportation needs. Yes, okay. Shout out to my man, Mike Amaroth, is in the in the in the 
outside waiting for me right now. Mike, I need a deal. No, you're not. You're not getting it right. Oh. Okay, you're not getting it right. Okay, <laughs> Windy City Limousine provides championship service, making a reservation is so easy. America, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full core pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style and on time, like me. Matter of fact, I'm using Windy City tomorrow. I'm going to the Kevin Hart um, oh, nice. the Kevin Hart uh, concert tomorrow. Oh, you know, don't interrupt me again. You get a throat punch, okay? <laughs> Contact us at 847-916-9300. That's 847-916-9300. Or go to WindyCityLimos.com. They are the best in the city, baby. Big weekend of sports coming up. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to? I don't know if there's any big UFC thing, cards or anything. Uh, Nothing good. What are you going to be watching? College football, pro football? What do you? What game stands out for you? Oh, I'm watching it all, man. I got the I got the NFL package for the first time ever. The direct TV. Direct TV. Yeah. No. No, it's not direct TV, Mark. It's uh, kind of pirating. Pirating. <laughs> pirating. You, you don't admit that. Slight <laughs> whispers. I think the Lions are going to beat the Vikings. Uh, yeah. What? What? Dan yeah. Campbell. Okay. Ryan, okay, no, no. And I, I yeah. like Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell, like, if I was going down an alley, a dark alley, I'd have Dan Campbell next to me, man. Dan Campbell's that's I think a big the way strong the players dude. are going that, that that route now. I think that I think that the team that people are talking about the most right now is the Buffalo Bills. They look like a clear favorite. Them and the Kansas City Chiefs in the in the AFC. Yeah. Okay. But when you look at the NFC, the Eagles look for real too. Like the Eagles look really, yeah, they were really good. good. They're going to play the Commanders, which they'll probably get that win there. So they'll be three and zero. Tom Brady plays the Packers, which is a huge, huge game yeah. um, between two great quarterbacks. And it looks like I mean, it's hard to it's hard to really get an assessment of the Packers because they look so awful in Week One against the Vikings, and then they look like a Super Bowl contender against the Bears. So. The Broncos, 49ers. That Tampa Bay defense is tough, too. Though. 49ers going to win that game. Chargers, Jaguar. I got Chargers winning that. Patriots, Ravens. How about the Ravens? Ravens was killing the Dolphins. Oh, they gave up that big and, lead. And, and then they, all of a sudden, man, it was like two different teams. Like they, Tua. They, they just stopped coming out. Yeah. And, and, and lefty. Oh, I mean, to, uh, listen, Tua, Tua, give Tua some credit. They got him some tools now. 469 yards in that game. They, oh man, that's the guy I needed on my fantasy team. Oh, yeah. oh, you see the scores right there. Look, look, look at the 49ers and the Seahawks. You know, Seahawks had that big win the week before against Denver. So a lot of these teams, Mark, like it's still early. You know, Saints are going to be better than what they showed against the Buccaneers. Uh, the Giants is a surprise team. 2-0. 2-0 now. You know, I mean, they, but they're playing tomato cans. Um, <laughs> the Cowboys right now, America's team. Okay, they, they got a big win. The Bengals has to be a surprise team. Super Bowl team is 0-2. Starting they off like last year. They don't look confident out there. I, I don't know what's wrong with them, um, but I, I think they're going to turn it around. They got to get Jamar Chase more involved. You know, they got to get him the ball. Maybe you got to throw that ball to him like 20 times. He's on my fantasy team, too. I just don't throw that out there. Um, sorry about that, America. Uh, I'm a professional <laughs> analyst. Hey, I saw, I saw your guy Irv Smith caught a touchdown Monday night. Yeah, he, he would get a touchdown after I cut him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because for the for the first week, he didn't get nothing. He didn't get a catch. Yeah, I was he watching was, that game. I'm cheering. I'm like, God, no, Stacy's guy no, got a touchdown. No. And I was out there cursing him because I was watching it. And I'm like, Oh, now you want to get a touchdown. Now you want to get involved in the game. But the first week, you didn't even you you you, you get points for running out on the field. He got nothing. <laughs> got zero. Oh, he's terrible. A big terrible. fat donut. Oh, my, but I got I got Brittle Kittle coming back, baby. There you go. He's coming back this week. Whispers. What are you watching this weekend? I'm gonna see if that Porn. king dies in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what? Not the Game of Thrones. 
or House, House of, Dragons. of Dragons. House of Dragons. Don't mislead yeah. the, the listeners, man. Yeah, that's the Just biggest, like that's, Whispers. That's the biggest game I'm watching. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you what. Mark, have you been watching it? No. No. Oh, Mark. Mark, you, you're missing out, man. Missing out. The House of Dragons. You know you, you know what they're coming out with? Jon Snow. Did you know that? A series? Yes. Yeah. HBO is coming out with Jon Snow. Wait, is he going to have the Khaleesi? I don't know. I don't know if it's after after I'll pull he, another ten million viewers. I don't know. I don't know. But I tell you what, man. Um, She's not in that House of Dragon. That's way no, before no, her. It's right? Way before it's her, her time. Great, great, it's, great, it's her, great grandmother. Yes. yes. She a looker. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now, man. Whew. This last episode of uh, House of Dragons was deep. It was deep, man, because they started to marry the houses, and then there was there was a uh, oh man, very emotional. Dude, it was it was very emotional. <laughs> But man, it was one of the dudes went UFC on a dude and just pounded his face in. Oh, Look. You see that graphic? That was, <laughs> the graphics, the graphics, I'm telling you something. The graphics in Game of How Thrones they when that? they kill people yeah. is unbelievable. So in House of Dragons, it was the same lane. America, if you haven't watched it, oh, too bad. I'm going to tell you what happened. Anyway, so. I was so, eating a ham sandwich. I had to put uh, yeah, it down. I was, I was eating too. I was like, oh man, I can't eat. I, I was having some pizza. And you know, I had the pizza, the red sauce. And I was like, I'm done. Oh, I'm done. I'm finished. But they, the dude, the dude, one of the, the, one of the guards, beat up a, a, a guy and just pounded his face in like his whole face <laughs> it was just yeah it's pretty in. brutal it was brutal but it's a great show I, I the biggest thing i'm taking away from this tim is that i need to see more dragons i, yeah. I need to see more fights yeah, it's I too expensive dragons. to do that I, I, every I, week I, mean, I, I don't care man you can't call a house of dragons <laughs> and not show any dragons did you like when the 13 year old took out the guard yeah, that was great. Yeah, that, yeah. The, the little, the little, the little <laughs> weasel kid. He, he was trying to. The kid was like twelve or thirteen years old. He was trying to ask for the hand of the, yeah. the princess to marry. So then they laughed at him. You know, these these big you know knights were laughing at him, and so he uh, they said something to him, and he he pulled his sword out, <laughs> and he's like twelve years old. He killed this dude who was like you know thirty. Just beat him down. Just killed, and they didn't laugh at him no more. Yeah, no, well, don't don't, hey, don't mess with a man with a big sword. <laughs> and just keep the Khaleesi away from House Celtic. Oh, there could be some danger. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, uh, tell the folks about Angel Water. Oh, boy. And they take care of themselves, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're giving all our sponsors first-class treatment today. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Angel Water, I'm uh, Chief Little Legs. This is for you. <laughs> might have to ad-lib this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you can shorten it up I, a little bit. I had bit. lunch today sure. with uh, Chief Little Legs, and yeah. he says, I've had enough of the Chief Little Legs crap. Well, yeah, well unfortunately, his legs not getting any longer, so he's going to be Chief Little Legs for the rest of your life, buddy. And also, this weekend, he's having a big uh, beer festival on his parking lot. So, if Is he was he? out in Barrington in Route 14. Are we invited? Are we, we're invited. You know, give me the hot sauce. Are we invited? It'll be free beer for us, which is nice. Oh, yeah. I hope okay. they have enough. What if we get there and he says, you guys, you guys have messed up no. my sponsor. Reason. Yeah, you're out of here. <laughs> get out of here. Security, yeah. get them out yeah, of here. They might call the police. But. Yeah. All right, listen up, Bulls Nation. We want to make your water healthier for you and your family. Look no further than our favorite water, Angel Water. The company's on a mission to provide the best water. Oh, oh, just seeing if you're still there. Beep, beep. <laughs> Bad water causes long-term damage to your health. But we thank them for providing us with the best water around. Did they give me the hot sauce studios? Even if you're leaving your car and it gets really hot, it still tastes good. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Stay hydrated all oh, year long with water you can trust. Angel Water. Call 847-382-7800 to get your water tested for free today. Find out if you got that chromium 6 stuff in there like Aaron Brakovich was talking about. We, th we thank them for bringing cases of water by yeah. the studio. Yeah. Enjoy that during the Mark show. Mark last week threw it keep, up. Keep those golden pipes going. Yeah, we didn't forget about that. We should have had a replay on that. 
Yeah, Mark threw up the water last week. Could be a meme. That's that's what you call a spit take in the world of comedy. A slow-mo. <laughs> hey, we want to talk about something uh, very serious before we get out of here. One of our good friends, Matt Yobe, longtime employee in the Bulls Media Relations Department and a good friend of Stacy and myself. Tim hasn't had the pleasure, I don't think, of meeting no. Matt, but one of the really true good guys in our, our industry right now. And there's a GoFundMe page being started for his wife, Krisha, who's been diagnosed with a rare form of leukemia. And you can see the family if you're watching on our live Twitch feed or if you're checking us out on YouTube. They're going to face a lot of medical expenses for treatment coming up. And if you can spare a few dollars, there's a GoFundMe page. Uh, if, you're, if you're looking at the, the show now, you can see it on the screen. If you're uh, listening on our podcast, we'll get that information out there. Both Stacy and I have uh, tweeted that information out. So if you can spare some money to help out the Yobe family, Matt, one of the truly great guys, his wife going through really tough times right now. We want to make sure that their, their family is taken care of with all the expenses they have coming up. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, I talked about it yesterday and, um, you know, it's just a tough situation to be in right now, you know, wasn't expected. Um, and so, you know, anything anybody can then donate will help out. Um, you know, they got three, three small kids, um, and you know, any family going through this is, yeah. is difficult. So, um, you know, our prayers are out to, to, um, the Yobe family. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just, like I said, if you can donate anything, a uh, dollar, Five dollars, it will help. So uh, we appreciate that, and thank you very much for that. Yeah, we look forward to seeing Matt at Bulls Media Day Monday. Uh, I'll be out there, get a chance to talk to some of the players, and uh, we'll bring you the latest information on episode 100. I can't believe 100 coming up next week. They never thought it could be, Mark. A lot of yeah. people counted us out. A lot of people thought we we don't make ten shows. Hey. You know, we come from we come a long way. We come from broom closet. And from, now, uh, now we're going to be driving those brand new Mazdas that Jim's going to yeah, be bringing by. Yeah, the dealer got, plates. Yeah, we got we got dealer right. plates. Yeah. That's right. He's got to set us up. Yeah, yeah. got to set us up. Yeah, I mean, you know, we lost a few sponsors along the way. Now we get free well, cars, but we gained one. We gained one, baby. <laughs> we gained one. We got to get the we got to get the jingle for it for his uh, for his lot. Yeah, so make sure to yeah, patronize our good the, friend Jim Lecter. The scandal at Randall. Bigger's oh, Mazda. You said the scandal at Randall. <laughs> no, oh, wow. <laughs> Wow, America. Just like whispers. Yes, yes, just like whispers. Oh, my God. Hey, you got to give a shout-out to uh, the sign god here. Oh, yeah, yes. these, hey, these look nice. America, America, look. I want to see, we got some new banners in here now, okay? There's, you know, I, my number is not officially retired for the Bulls, but I retired it, okay? <laughs> so I can do those things right there. So my number wasn't retired, America, but I retired it. I called my boy, sign God. I said, I need my jersey retired from the Bulls. Now, this number is officially retired. Nice. Nobody wears number 33 at the University of Oklahoma. That is an official retired jersey right there that number right there will never be worn again oh yeah no one ever wear it again snap it to a slim gym when do i get a banner oh yeah okay so so america we've decided that you know we had a vote because you know tim we used to play basketball over at uh, forest grove which is now midtown and we've retired a few people's t-shirts yeah. okay and you had to be a great player in the pickup games to get your jersey retired so we had a vote this week um you know tim's name came up he, he was he's been grandfathered in because he's been vetoed so many times you know like in baseball yeah, yeah. You, only you, you only get 10 tries and then you're out and then they, then they yeah. say okay let's let the guy in yeah. okay so we had the last vote today um and I'm here to bear bad news. Um, There's 10 people oh, that voted man. and nine people voted no and never. And I was the only person that voted for him. 
And um, and then I scratched it and said no too because I felt <laughs> I felt America America I, I didn't want to be in my own cell I didn't want to be on an island by myself you don't want to die in that I island know, so I, I jumped Jeez. on and said no never okay so the word and Tim was so excited because I said we may have a retired T-shirt like with pit stains yeah, on yeah, it yeah. little yellow I feel pit like, stains I feel on like it. Devin Hester. Yeah, but Devin, Devin Hester's going to be in the Hall of Fame yeah. at oh, some point. Be, I feel next like year. Peanut Tillman. Peanut Tillman should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they, they, well, you know, Deion Sanders made a good point, though. I, I don't know if you've seen his quote when he, he had an interview about the Hall of Fame. And it was a very interesting point. He's like, they're letting, you know, I'm not discrediting anybody who gets put in. He said, I'm not discrediting anybody who's getting put in the Hall of Fame. But he said, I got to give me a different jacket. Like, I don't, my jacket got to be different than everybody else's. Cause they're putting people in and just, you know, who were, who were okay. Yeah. He's like, the Hall of Fame is for people who change the game. Go back and find that America. Go back and listen to Deion Sanders. He has an amazing point of what he said. He said, they're letting anybody in with just okay stats. So he wants a jacket made of real gold. Yeah, he wants, no, he just fabric. wants a different, he wants a different jacket for any player who's in that Hall of Fame that was a game changer. That was a superior player. Like a, Walter Payton should have a different, um, a different jacket than some of these running backs right. that are in there. You know, um, because of what he did for the game. Jim Brown should have a different Hall of Fame jacket. I mean, there there should be levels. And I think what you're seeing now, and what he was saying is, is that you know he didn't flat out come out and say it, but he did. It's being watered down. You know, guys are just getting in now. They're just letting anybody in. And unfortunately, we're not going to fall for that that trap as we try to vote Tim in. We're not falling for that trap. <laughs> if he doesn't deserve to be in, he's not coming in America. So he's been voted. He's not getting his T-shirt. And then we're going to have Mark up here too because, you know, Mark's getting his, uh, he was retired from Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a Comcast banner of Mark retired from Comcast yeah. in the years that he, all the years that he dedicated to Comcast. So we're going to retire his uh, mic. We have his little mic up there. But Tim's not getting retired. 14 so. years of abuse. 14 years of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> so so next the next banner is, is Mark Sinowski yeah, going to go up in here? And again, you know, Tim, I, I don't know if we'll ever see it. But, you know, <laughs> we can dream, though, America. We can dream. And those are some yellow armpits. I thought I made it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, pe people are eating now, and that pizza's yeah, ready. Exactly. So we're, we're going to yeah. say goodnight. I want to thank Charlie Benante. You want to. Charlie. Check out his uh, Dark Matter coffee that's available throughout Chicagoland. So. It's pick good that coffee. Up. It's good coffee. Make right. sure you go to gimmethehotsauce.com and, and pick up your favorite flavors. And we're coming back at you next week. It might be on Wednesday. We're yes. going to keep people advised because Tim's got some high-level business meeting he's got to fly off to. So uh, if he's yes. gone, we, we can't do the show without Tim. So yeah. we'll let you know yeah. if not we're going to. Don't no, leave no. me hanging. No, we're, no, we're not yeah, going to we leave got you some, hanging. We got, we got a big show next week, America. I'll well, tell you right now. We got Hooters girls coming in. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, let it rain. Let it rain. Want to thank the Hot Sauce crew for their hard work. And uh, we're looking forward to episode 100 next week. So. Make your plans to join us. Episode 99 is in the books, Stace. If you work at Hooters, get in contact with Mark Sadowski. We, we, want, you at the, we want you at the 100th uh, anniversary, baby. Uh, drive home safe in Chicago, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Dragon? Did you not get the memo?